Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Film House. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna we're just gonna jump right into it real quick. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Roll that intro. So the thing is, you know, in Film House, we always try and come up with these crazy, wacky, wild topics. You know, these exposés, we've been getting into investigative journalism. Adam was out on the streets interviewing people for something, I think, maybe. Outside Vin um, Diesel's house. We're, bring, we're bringing it back down for a, a more simpler, uh, a, a genuine movie filmic appreciation podcast. Um, I have an intro topic, but then I want to kind of jump right into what the heart of this podcast is going to be about. I just want to get your guys' opinion on, have you heard about Airbnb and Blockbuster? I read a little something, but I'd like saw, to know more. Yeah, I saw the headline. Mm-hmm. I want it. I much much like a Starship Trooper. I would like to know more. Yeah. So there's one uh, blockbuster left, and it's like a novelty, but a it's, Mohican, it's, if you will. It's still decked out just like blockbusters were, but it's just in a shopping complex in Oregon. Oregon, maybe. Or was it Washington? I thought it was Alaska. One of those. I don't know. One of the uns. One of the uns, definitely a state for sure. Um, but obviously, you know, his, as silly as it sounds about something like uh, the pandemic affecting the business of Blockbuster, <laughs> I guess it's affecting the business <laughs> of Blockbuster. Turns out in a pandemic, people are less likely to go to a store to rent videos. Um, but they teamed with Airbnb for a kind of fun, simple, like a fun little thing. And basically... You can reserve so on August 17th, which will be, I think, the Monday after this goes up, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that, um, that's when you guys are going to book it? Well, August 17th. 6 a.m., I'll be right online. 1 p.m. <laughs> okay, 6 a.m., I'll be there. Um, you can book to stay a night at the Blockbuster. The Day Shoots County Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. All yeah. Right. Um, and so it's, but I think it's, I, it sucks because when I read it, I was like, I would do that. Like, if this is a permanent thing, like I would say we were for with Funhouse would go and then book this blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it, then, and then a bunch of us would go and we do it, uh, we document it. And then we'd also like spend the night watching all the movies that we reference on this channel. Mm-hmm. You know, like we do Lawnmower Man, Demolition For Man. For sure. You know, if like... we weren't in the end times, every mm-hmm. influencer would be flying up to day shoot mm-hmm. to do to, you know, capture themselves sure. at the Blockbuster Airbnb. It's mm-hmm. the next Taco Bell hotel. Well, mm-hmm. You remember that <laughs> installation that happened. Well, I was going to say, instead of the TikTok houses that everyone does, we do the Blockbuster Airbnb. <laughs> and why is no mm-hmm. one watching? Why are we getting older? <laughs> Why don't you want to talk about monkey shines? Anyway. Lindsay, <laughs> would you would you want to live in a TikTok house as a TikTok fan? As a TikTok fan? No. If I was making buku bucks on TikTok as a TikToker, I'd live in a TikTok house. But if you have the money to not have to share a house with a bunch of TikTokers, wouldn't but you only have the understand. money because of the TikTok They're house. Successful. Right, that's what I'm saying. You would only have the money because you are in the TikTok house and like you're getting the other TikTokers into your TikToks. How much money does a TikToker Tick make? if a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> How much money? money? I don't I honestly I don't, I don't use TikTok. How does it monetize? Do you get ads I, served? I don't know. There's, I mean, there's sponsorships, Brand I think, deals? but I, I deleted TikTok because I was trying to be because you're a true American. American. Yeah. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I deleted it. Really, John bullied me into deleting it, but that's another story. I mean, Jess, <laughs> Jess is still using it. I love the fact all the news is coming about like TikTok is absolutely tracking you. They sold off MAC addresses of like six hundred thousand Android phones. We're like. <laughs> Look at this. Have you seen this one? Oh God. Well, I mean, if they got it already, this is it's it's only information for people who have new things, new secrets they that they want yeah. to generate, or have never joined TikTok in the first place, like me. So um, that Airbnb description is oozing with charm and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Did you see the picture? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the picture is is just fantastic. They like recreated kind of like an early '90s living room aesthetic. Um, it's a pull-out couch. It's in a blockbuster. Right? It's a it's like a, it's a pull-out yeah. bed from a couch. I love it. 
Um, but yeah, so they, they, their description is we've created the perfect space complete with a pullout couch, bean bags, and pillows for you to cozy up with new releases from the 90s, uh, which is exactly where I want to live. Crack open a two liter of Pepsi before locking into a video game, charting your future in a game of MASH or watching movie after movie, but be wary of reciting Bloody Mary, and then they do a bunch of stuff. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> it just seems like that'd be fun. I wish we could do it. How much is it a night? Four dollars. Great. What? How much? Isn't it four dollars a night? Isn't that the whole novelty of I think it too? It's, because it's the it's cost of a movie adju- rental adjusted for inflation yeah. of you know. So in ninety dollars, <laughs> four dollars today is six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Just so. click the Airbnb link. <laughs> Try see. to book it. Let's see what it says. Get us that oh, room, let's James. See what it says here. Oh gosh, four dollars. Look, yeah, four dollars a, a night. night. You get access to like all the chips. Oh my gosh, they got a VHS player. You probably have to rewind everything though. The TV is beautiful 4x3. Now, if you'll return to the page there, mm-hmm. the description, close okay. this. You got it. Uh, I'm looking at the features of it and it says studio, one bed, half bath. Half bath meaning it doesn't have a shower. So, Good. like most of us in the 90s, we won't be. No, you don't showering. have to. That Cheeto dust is going to be all over us till the sun <laughs> rises. Um, no, but anyway, it just seemed like it was a fun novelty thing yeah. i really wish that there was some way we could take advantage of this yeah but that'd be cool you can't bend no. oregon gets all the best stuff i've always said that brit from what good, what's good games uh was talking about how she did she had some sort of package sent out from her from a publisher or a developer and as a novelty i think it's for a resident evil game they included a vhs player mm-hmm. and she's like but then i thought you know what am i what am I going to do with this? But mm-hmm. I kind of would love to have a VHS player that mm-hmm. had the right compatibility well, cables that I could just plug it into my TV. That's like I have a VHS player. You do? You yeah. Do? And I, I have one, a little I like dongle and I plug it in. That's how I digitized all my old tapes, which they used to be back here, but they're That's not what I was doing. Yeah, I was point. I was digitizing a bunch of uh, home videos. That's why I have it. And oh. they're they're not You guys just get it on Amazon? I got mine at Goodwill like 7 yeah. years ago. Um, yeah, Eight any bucks? any sort of like wow. Salvation Army or whatever, you can find it. They're strangely wow. expensive. That's the other thing. Like, yes, I think I got mm-hmm. mine right before, like, and it was a cheaper one. And now all of them that I see are like fifty and sixty dollars for a v- yeah. for a VCR. I, I think I think that I haggled it down somehow because I'm like, <laughs> I don't think this one works. Wink, and then they were like, okay, thirty five because they wanted fifty five mm-hmm. or something for it. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Do I look like a man that owns DVDs? Come on! I'm going to watch uh, my copy of Blade Runner where he does the uh, he talks over the movie. I I once found a bin full of Walkmen. Unopened. We have some. Yeah, unopened Walkmen. We do. And uh, what's up? Well, I was going to say, isn't there like a resurgence in those because of Guardians of the Galaxy? We're like, these are so cool. Nope, they suck. Terrible. Maybe. Well, these Walkmen they have are like the original Walkmen, like and the they're original. in sealed packaging. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I gave one to Kale. <laughs> I don't know how I came across them, mm-hmm. and I don't remember when. For, I used to think it was Machinima, but I'm pretty sure it was before it like it was G4. I think it was I think G4. It was G4, and, the, and, and just in some back room, there was just a bin full of unopened original Walkmen, and I was like, I'm taking these, so I grabbed like a bunch of them. And you still have and them? And I would gift them to people. I have, I think, one. We okay. have one or two. Or two. Because you definitely gave me one. Yeah, I think I, I, I didn't give many away. <laughs> I didn't it was a one. marry me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it was a, uh, what's it called? Um, Seashell. Dowry. Oh, okay. The Walkman. Um, the cow. But yeah, so. People uh, ask yeah. why I don't wear a ring. It's because it's in sealed packaging in, in my Walkman. under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's fun to think about those those old things that we have. Maybe I should try and find it and I'll show it. In, I like, know a where they are. Show or something. It's, on, it's yeah. I know where it is too. Find it's in the it it's in the quick burn box that we have in our apartment. Which if there's a fire, we want everything in that box to burn first. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick burn box. Um, but yeah. Uh, so as I was kind of traveling down memory lane, uh, this is kind of bringing us to our our next topic. As I was traveling down memory What's lane, what's like the negative version of memory lane? Man, like where all the memories are trauma bad. Trauma Street. Trauma Street. <laughs> <laughs> like more like like it's like trauma. You don't place. ever remember Walking Dead. 
Yeah, there should, or, yeah, there should be a circle. Yeah, there's no outlet. It's like yeah, it's a cul-de-sac. You're stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Lane. There's no lane. Lane, you can come and go as you please. Yeah. Trauma yeah. cul-de-sac though. You're fucked. It's a roundabout with no exits yeah. and a terrifying memory in the center. <laughs> um. Well. This it isn't all fun. I to your point, memory lane isn't all fun because uh, you know, this week is the six year anniversary of Robin Williams' passing. And again, talking about Blockbuster and growing up watching movies and stuff, it's like I all of us are here because we absolutely love Robin Williams. Maybe Adam less so. Um <laughs> always felt you. threatened What's, by him. What a statement. But I know for I've a fact that I've been described as the Robin Williams of Funhouse. So how dare you? <laughs> oh, there's your blockbuster card. Yeah. You should have pulled that out five minutes ago. <laughs> I know. I just remembered it. I was like, I just remember my twelve-year-old blockbuster card. Anyways, moving I, on. I bet you owe money. Um, I use this baby to get so many movies about the what we're gonna talk about. Aren't you from mm-hmm. the Midwest? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, (laughs) it made me sad thinking about, you know, losing him because, you know, there's certain parts of your childhood. I mean, I feel like if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, he is a part of your child. He was a a god that existed in your movie and even television a lot of times world. And it would always be a new thing when a new Robin Williams came out. What's up? I just saw Adam's list of his favorite Robin Williams movies. I'm glad someone read that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a good list. But uh, but so speaking of list, I thought that to kind of celebrate him in a lot of ways um, and remember him, uh, we could maybe just kind of share and talk about our favorite uh, Robin Williams films. I'm sorry if this feels like a downer topic, but I think it's a it's a great way to remember, you know, what someone meant to you sure mm-hmm. um and so i mean just because I, uh, just because someone's I, dead you don't need yeah. to be sad he, he left a pretty damn good legacy you know it, yeah there's a lot a lot in there and like you said it touched on so many different parts of people's lives that i think that's 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 worth celebrating and just because someone's gone it in a way it just makes it more special oh yeah there. of course but but especially someone like Robin Williams, you think about like, oh, what what there's, he could have done so so much more, and then you look at what he had already accomplished, and it's oh. enough for four lifetimes. But you still don't feel content, which I think is a testament to him um, as a performer. And so I just kind of want to. We don't. We can start wherever. There are a couple movies that I saw a lot of us had shared on our list. Um, so there's no ranking. There's no anything. But I just you know figured we would just kind of talk about Robin Williams' mm. films and stuff. Oh, I feel like so we does anyone want to should open something out? You should open up with the one well, that we yeah. all grew up watching, of course, Popeye when <laughs> it was on TV. Across all four of our lists. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the only one that I think is on all of our lists is Aladdin. Well, yes. I had to put Aladdin 3. <laughs> what is it? The King of Thieves or something like that? I don't remember. I think there's a marriage uh, involved. A thousand I, Thieves. Oh I believe God. you can still buy some of the the arm casts from Popeye online and they are grotesque mm. looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's these nightmarish giant and yeah. they're like decaying now. That movie is just also just a weird time capsule where it's like it it's Robin Williams coming off his comedy, stand up comedy, and like put him in a Popeye movie, but it's we're adapting a cartoon, mm-hmm. so still make him look it's a nightmare. The whole movie is a a freakish nightmare that they shot well, on a weekend. Robin Williams is kind of the Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey showed up. Where yeah. it was like, do you need someone who's going to like distort their face for the entirety of this? Yeah, film? it's like, someone who is a rubber face, super high energy, manic. They're doing impressions. Yeah. They're using their whole body to do comedy. They're constantly moving. So let's talk about Popeye. That was that was. Sure. Very I have not seen I, this. I am. Um... Okay. Well, I don't. So this is a really Popeye is a really weird movie. Uh, I have seen it. A couple times, but it's never on my list of like, let's watch Popeye, though it should be. Um, but it was around the time when <laughs> I don't know what I was looking at. I, I put it was around the, the time in the clip where he's eating spinach, which looks terrible in live action form. <laughs> Sorry. When movie studios said we can create like we can make existing IP or take existing IP, adapt it into film and, you know, people will eat it up. So. The only difference is we hadn't got there technologically and maybe mm-hmm. in understanding source material in the same way that we knew what the best way to do that was. 
So you just everything would be live action. Dick Tracy, Popeye, yeah. all of the all of the superhero movies that came out pre uh, Batman eighty nine. Like they were all like we understand there's value here, but we're not sure why. And uh, and so yeah, the end result is Popeye. Poor Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall is uh, olive oil. Olive oil. Um, Perfectly cast, but by the way, yeah. I think the casting is fine. It's just really a weird movie. They all live on an island, and the and they of course, uh, Robin Williams has these massive prosthetic hairy yeah arms mm-hmm. forearms. While look, they look convincing, but in a way that makes you nauseous. Yeah. Um, Adam, why is this your favorite Robin Williams film? Oh, I, I put it down there. It was the first Robin Williams movie I ever saw because it was on TV as a kid. And oh, I, I, wow. I, well, I was a Popeye fan as a child because it was like one of the few cartoons that would air you know, during the day. It was like that mm-hmm. and sure. um, the Batman, you know, the live action Batman show starring Adam West. That was like that was my childhood growing up in the, the sad, mm-hmm. the sad home. But um, I remember uh, Popeye made me think spinach was good. And I remember mm. asking my my mom for canned spinach and then eating it and being like, this is <laughs> disgusting. And I hated Popeye after that. Um, and I still hate mm-hmm. canned spinach. But either way, I remember wanting to watch that movie because it was on TV all the time. And I remember just thinking it was such a nightmare and it, it frightened the hell out of me. Uh, but it, it, is a, it is a memory, a fond memory in a way, just because it was the first time I ever saw Robin Williams on screen. I always thought he was entertaining, even though he was very scary to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's a joke reason, but it's a real reason. I, there's, mm-hmm. there's some, it, it, it does have a meaning to you somewhat. Yeah. Some twisted, twisted Trump. Yeah. What is it? Trauma, trauma. trauma I liked trauma street, trauma but street I also like trauma, trauma cul-de-sac, trauma cul-de-sac um, trauma lane yeah. uh, kind of way. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. And again, it's one of those things where you're like, people work really hard on this. Like, look at these sets. Look at these costumes. Yeah. Wow. They really went for it. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like, I'm not happy. <laughs> I don't like this. I feel really uncomfortable. We don't have to talk about Popeye anymore. Um, I'm sorry. You could you could move on from that. That's okay. I didn't mean to sidetrack it. Well, I was gonna say the one thing that we all have on our list is Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, is some of us have Aladdin three. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah, say Adam. which. Well, one of us. I, do you want to you want to have my my real reason why I put that down there? Only it's it is yeah. It's it's tied to the story that. When he made Aladdin one, he said, "Hey Disney, don't yeah. use my character in any promotional stuff for uh, mm-hmm. commercials or anything like that." And um, Michael Eisner said, "Cool, cool, let's just do it." Or Katzenberg, all those evil Disney executives of the '90s. And so he didn't return for the direct to uh, tape. Uh, was it Return, return of Jafar? Far. And they got Dan Castanella of, of uh, Homer Simpson fame to do the voice. But then, as like I guess there was uh, there was some make good when. Uh, someone else took over. They got rid of Katzenberg and it was basically as like an apology and he came back to do Aladdin 3. And not, I don't think a lot of people even knew that or cared, but I thought that was interesting that it, it showed kind of what a stand-up guy he was, that he stood by his morals. And Didn't Robin Williams make some like public showing of it at an awards show or something? He did some, I don't, I don't know. I think I've seen it in some documentary material, but he mm-hmm. did something. Possibly. He did, kinda... a, he did a lot of crazy things yeah so many drugs <laughs> but yeah well that's enough of our discussion on aladdin 3 sorry title we can't recall um but aladdin is a classic it's a disney classic yes um it's you know what would you call it the second wave the second wave renaissance for it was the renaissance films. of disney animation mm-hmm. um yeah. Part of a lot of that credit goes to the artists, the artists who were in, kind of somewhat empowered around that time, and then Howard Ashman and, and Alan course, Menken. Yeah, yeah, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken for their incredible music. But we have seen that a lot of those elements come back again in a more recent film, Aladdin, that didn't have didn't have our Robin Williams in that that genie role, and it just didn't feel the same. I honestly didn't think Will Smith was that bad, but. He just he was trying created this. He was the perfect genie because I feel like up until that point there had been Aladdin cartoons, but they were all like booming, large, booming, yeah. nothing fun about this kind mm-hmm. of like I am either a condescending prick 
or I am like your slave to do with what you please. But this genie is so fully fleshed out. It's like, a, a genie that you have empathy for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah. And when Robin Williams hits those notes that pull on your heartstrings as the mm. genie, you like you really get it. And he all it's the same frantic and vibrant Robin Williams comedy distilled into animated form where he can go to any height that he wants mm-hmm. and say whatever he wants and it's going to be manifested on stream on screen in a really beat like, you know, energetic way. It's there, great. There's a weird counter argument here just kind of play devil's advocate. It's sort of the argument people have made for certain actors that it's not that they're great actors, they're charismatic. And Robin Williams was cast as the genie as Robin Williams in the sense that mm-hmm. they actually drew, they did a, uh, a, basically an animatic or a, um, you know, just a black and white sketch sort of animation rough of one of Robin Williams' stand-up routines to convince him to play mm-hmm. the genie. So they didn't mm-hmm. really say, we need you to play this character. It's like, we're, we're basing the character around you. But I, like you could say, that doesn't make him a good actor. But I think at the same time, just it makes him a very charismatic person. But he makes him such a character that they could base a cartoon on a human being. I thought it was probably the mm-hmm. the nicer way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, all films are a team effort, right? And so, like, but it's nice that they identified ahead of time. They're like, we think that he would be perfect to embody this character because this movie is is kind of a buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's two buddies doing their thing and having their falling out and like figuring out their actual relationship with each other. But one of them is magical and time and space doesn't matter to him. Mm-hmm. So when he's doing Bing Crosby impressions or whatever, like it, it that's perfectly Robin Williams, but that's also perfectly Genie. And I think that's why it's so great. But th- there's the part, too, where they, they explain that he's made of nanomachines because uh, Aladdin takes place in right, the future. It's a post-apocalypse. They, they explained right. all this to Robin, and he agreed to do the movie based mm-hmm. on this known yeah. fact. When the stars say sex or whatever, right? Uh, <laughs> like, that was the Lion King. And yes, I did show that to oh, my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lindsay, how do you... Because, you, you know... I know that you had a little crush on Genie. <laughs> <laughs> he could take the form of anything. It was wow. a big crush. Check those, no, those blockbuster rental records. Aladdin okay, and was... Robin Williams being Genie, and like that movie was prime. I must have been. What is that? What year is that movie? 90... 92, 93. Two, yeah. So, Something like that. yeah, I was about five or six, and that's like the right one I'm starting to get introduced into, and like remembering. And then having an impact on me, those Disney films. So it's one of my all-time favorite classics um, with Mm -hmm. Robin Williams. And if I can use that to segue to one other animated film on my list, I don't think anybody Mm -hmm. else has any other animated films. Actually, some of them I I haven't seen. So, (laughs) But Fern Gully was another classic favorite of mine, and he was batty. I put that, I put my honorable mentions below. Oh, there's there's a whole other list. I put Fern Gully in there too because mm-hmm. I was like, like Batty is such a cute, adorable yeah. character, and the voice he does for it is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's not um, Bartok, the character from Anastasia. No, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure because they look identical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> I loved that movie too when I was a kid, so uh-huh. it was always yeah, a it's too political for me. It, it was too political. <laughs> There's just I a weird part scared. in the movie. Well, because the, the guy gets shrunk, right? And then he's like, yeah, he's he's a he's a wood a wood chopper. Uh, he's whatever. He's a chainsaw man. And then uh, he well, gets, no, he just marks the trees. Oh, he's only a marker. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Oh yeah, and then that's right. Yeah, the big machine old... comes in, run by Tim Curry, who's the smog. But then he, I remember he explains to the 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 forest nymph. And he's like, uh, he goes, I live in the city. We don't have trees. I remember thinking as a kid, like that's bullshit. Cities have trees. He lies. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have air and he would die. But then I thought oh, the bat right. with the radio in his yeah. head was funny. So There's a one mm-hmm. major difference between just one between Aladdin and Ferngully. Um, but when you watch Aladdin and it's like sort of a timeless film. But when you watch Ferngully, you're like, this is the 90s because of the music. And he's like, oh, yeah. he's got oh, his yeah. Walkman. Speaking of Walkman, he's got his Walkman. Mm-hmm. He's like doing these dances with the that 90s beat mm-hmm. coming through. Yeah. I feel is like there a kid Tone Loke's in it. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's a cool movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tone Loke. I, I have three animated characters that I 
associate together in a trinity, and it's Bartok, Batty, and then Ducky from Land Before Time. Mm. Mm. Man, that I just the uh, where they that uh, you would all qualify them as like the or not sorry not Ducky. What's the pterodactyl? Oh, from Land uh, Before Time. Ah. Uh oh. Terry, I don't know. Based uh, off the way, we, the way we're going with the naming conventions, really here. You, you could get it wrong, um, and I can guarantee you, no one would be upset. Elise is going to look it up. Elise okay. is going to look it up, and we're going to have the answer right after word from our tree. sponsor. Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or trouble sleeping at least once a week? I, I'm asking these qu- questions kind of facetiously because I don't know a single person on this planet who doesn't have at least one of those things some of the time. Um, you are absolutely not alone. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's perfectly normal, but it's not something that you necessarily have to deal with. I know that I deal with stress all the time, and uh, let me try and think about what's causing me stress in my life right now. Everything? <laughs> um, no, the, the giant motorcycle that rides by my place, they causes me stress. No, tons of things cause me stress. We're living in a very, very stressful time, and I think it's normal to feel that way, But I think it's also important to know that there are things that can help. Feels is one of those things. What is Feels? Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Now, what does Feels do? Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, and pain and sleeplessness. So in my case, uh, the motorcycle that goes by and makes me feel like my entire apartment is going to collapse, I can take feels and then I can reduce the anxiety that I feel from it. In other situations, I know that people use it before they go to sleep and it helps their body relax and rest so that way they can have a more restful sleep and be prepared to take on the rest of the day. These kinds of anxieties, these kinds of stress, they compound upon each other. So the most important thing you can do is try and figure out our way to reduce them. Taking feels is as easy as just placing a few drops under your tongue and you're going to feel the difference within minutes. Uh, The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is very important because everyone's dose is different. So leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You might need to take more or less to get the exact kind of relaxed anti-anxiety feeling that you're after. If you're new to CBD and you have questions, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high hangover or addiction. Also by joining Feels, you're not just getting the CBD, you're also joining the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every single month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. Feels will have you feeling your best every single day. It can really help. So become a member by going to feels.com slash filmhouse and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash filmhouse to become a member and get 50% off automatically taking off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash filmhouse and we're back uh, to talk more about uh our favorite robin williams films um and petrie from land before time which is a cute such a cute little name for a pet petrie mm-hmm. great name for pterodactyl i think tara would have been a better name mm-hmm. <laughs> anything I don't know about that do we, i i, I do uh, want to yeah, do this ahead. with you guys at some point there are 10 i think or 11 land before time movies one a lot of them. One week, every day, we just watch all of them. Two a day. We wouldn't be able to. Yeah, we'd have to. We would have to watch more than one. And a day. that's why we make the argument that weeks need to be longer. Oh, okay, <laughs> Mr. President. Twist. Uh-huh. I tip my hat at you. Anyway. Um. So, all right. So let's move on. Again, I'm just kind of. I want to make sure we get to the ones that everyone kind of had on our list, which means we're going to talk about everything except for Adam's films. Um, <laughs> who well, wrote should have been the Joker for one of his movies. <laughs> I, I, I think I know a but, lot of trivia about Robin Williams for some reason. Like he, he, he campaigned to be the Joker in every, every Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're no, we're like, you're not right for it. And I'm sure he came in dressed up as patch Adams and, yeah, it was just it was one of those roles he wanted, but the world never gave him. And I think that was mm-hmm. I would I would have actually loved to see him his interpretation of the Joker because at this point, whatever, who cares, right? I mean, yeah, I know it, the the lids the lid is open mm-hmm. now. We've we've <laughs> called forth the demon, so we might as well see it all. Um, I was going to talk about Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. which is 
growing up as a child of HBO, where movies were essentially in syndication and you would just put something on and then you'd watch every single time Mrs. Doubtfire came on, you I would gotta watch, watch it, it all the way through. Mm-hmm. That movie flies. Yeah. And it's so much fun. I have only one criticism of the whole thing. And it is that at the beginning, he's recording the voices for the cartoon characters and doing it all live. And I'm like, that's not how it works. But sure. (laughs) It it is also one of those movies that the older you get, you realize how in the wrong he is. Like, and I, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the sell too, is that it's, I don't think any other actor could have been that charismatic that you feel for, but he's a fuck up all the way throughout that movie. Mm -hmm. Even when he's, he's like, I just want to be with my kids. Like, but dad, fuck you. And he's like, oh, sorry. You know, he's like yelling at the young little Lawrence child. Uh, he's just such a dick to everyone, but he's a lovable dick. And then he almost burns the house down. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. But then like, and then, you know, it all kind of comes together in the end. But in reality, you, when you look at it. it he I, lies and manipulates so many people. Everybody. Well, I think that's why the movie's so good, though, is because, like, as a kid, you're watching it and you're going, like, ah, he dressed like he's dressing up as this he old lady. He just wants lady to be near his kids. He's mm-hmm. so much fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the movie hits you over the head, and like you're saying, as an adult, you watch it, and it's, it's very different. There's a whole thing, and just in case you weren't following along, at the very towards the end of the movie, the judge stops and goes, "You have some problems, <laughs> serious problems." That you need to work out. And you thought this was yeah. the solution. And poor Sally Field is always having to be the bad guy mm-hmm. in her kid's eyes. Yeah. She's struggling just to raise oh, them and yeah. keep everything in line. And as a kid, you're kind of like, I, you know, I wish Robert Williams my dad. Fuck you, Sally Field. <laughs> but then as an adult, you're like, for breakfast. you're like, I feel bad for Sally Field. I mean, she, yeah. She's dealing with a bunch of emotional trauma, try, yeah, trying to raise family. And now she, she befriends a nice old Scottish woman. But then she ends up finding mm-hmm. out is her is the man she's been sleeping with for the last. Yeah. It's like how how fucked up is he? And she's like, I just want my kids back. Come on. There's there's just there's so many amazing Robin Williams tour de force moments in Mrs. Doubtfire because he's he's on the the pendulum of swinging back and forth between. Mm-hmm. The dad doing his voiceovers, so he gets to do all his his impressions and be silly and fun. And Mrs. Doubtfire doing that whole shtick. But then when he's dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire and he's talking to like, you know, the the moments. I think it's it's in the bar or something. There's a guy that's og- ogling him and his Mrs. Mm-hmm. Doubtfire. And doesn't he say like, take a picture or something mm-hmm. like that? In his voice, yeah, um, yeah, something like that. Just so many. The the twas a run by fruiting. You know, his relationship with Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Is is so amazing, and that's that's just like peak Robin. Robin Williams was a genius, yeah, an absolute <laughs> genius, and it, I think I absolutely think so. And like you know, a part of his his uh, neurological disorder, I, I think a lot of people, from what I've read, they deteriorate a lot faster than he did because of his his mm-hmm. level of intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, he he withstood it as long as he did, but I don't know that anybody could have just walked in and done what he did in that movie. Well, but also he's going from the most cartoon cartoon of cartoons, right? And and not I don't want to diminish Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey's great when you just wind him up and you set him set him off. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams in one film can go from being off the wall Mrs. Doubtfire ridiculous character to then again back in the courtroom scene where if you recall it's the judge telling him about how crazy it is and saying that he's not going to get his kids anymore and he's weeping yeah. he's like please stop my kids like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you're like you feel really bad for it and like that's that's a lot of range you know that mm-hmm. requires something uh, Aerosmith song in there yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it introduced a young uh, all of us to a, a very Middle age Harvey Firestein. That's some Harvey Firestein. Yeah. Harvey Firestein. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me. It's a great movie. You look just like your mother. You're beautiful. This is. I will go along with this plan. It's just all these enablers around him. is just a delight. Yeah. God. Um, yeah, I guess like celebrating it now. It was also a kids movie that came out in 1993 ish. Yeah, or five. Is that, that like it was targeted at kids, and like he's got a gay brother in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's not a thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's it's great. I think I I think it's a great film. I think it's really beautiful, and it's another thing where kids kids can watch movies that are. 
that have adult themes. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to, if you imagine if you made that movie with your target audience being kids, like we are all probably way more familiar with it than any of any adults. Like, I don't know that there's people who are now in their sixties who are thinking back, Oh, this is downfire. Wow. Like, (laughs) I think it's our generation and we've gotten to appreciate it so many times because so much effort went into it. Lindsay thoughts. I love that movie. You're like, <laughs> do you great. like Robin Williams? And I'm like, yes. And you guys are like factoid Robin Williams fans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, but I just, but what do you not really like? What do you not eight? like about it? I mean, like, you know, you, you just hate Pierce Brosnan's character, even though he does nothing wrong. He's just a handsome guy who's there. And he's like, fuck <laughs> yeah. Up, I'll fuck up his car. He's trying to be good to his girlfriend's kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a worse movie would be he is a dick, right? And mm-hmm. you're rooting for Robin to overcome him. But a a very amazing movie with a ton of depth is one where he's a kind of nice guy. Yeah. And he really cares about Sally Field and he's willing to take her take uh to form a relationship with her even though She's got three kids and a weird nanny and a, and a weird <laughs> nanny and a crazy yeah. ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A crazy yeah. ex-husband. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my, my one um, plot hole. I remember being upset in that movie or not being upset, but just being confused as a kid. And he's being like, how did he know their phone number? That was so weird. Cause he changes the phone number of the ad for the, the babysitter, but then he knows their phone number, which is like, well, she never changed it. And I was like, Oh, this isn't like a realistic divorce. So mm-hmm. anyway, what did she say? She's I am job. <laughs> I am job. But you know, none of that was scripted. That was just him being like, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and action. And he's like, we're doing it, okay. Yeah. And then he just do your thing, Robin. Yeah. You psychopath. So much fun. What's your favorite? What's your favorite funny sequence, Lindsay, from that whole movie? Uh. I want a set piece. I whenever I think of Mrs. Doubtfire, I just think of the vacuuming and the dude looks like a lady. It's classic. Nice. Yeah, yeah. classic. Little, like shuffle move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I always yeah. danced around. I'd be like, Mom, put on that. You know, Aaron's my. Yeah. And I, that's how she yeah. would get me to vacuum, honestly, because I could dance to that <laughs> song. She's like, you're, you know, ten year old girl. You are a lady. I'm a dude. Mm-hmm. Like a lady. Act like one. <laughs> I always, that's really sweet. I always like the scene where she's, <laughs> where Mrs. Doubtfire, Euphigenia, is riding home on the bus and the old man. Uh, that's what I'm thinking of. The old man sees her and then is very nice and like polite to her and then notices that the stocking, the yeah. stocking is down and she's got an extremely hairy leg. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, that's a, don't like it's like okay. natural. Yeah. Like, or, but he doesn't say it in a creepy way. No. He says it in a very nice way. But then Robin Williams's character feels bad for the old man, so he has sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't show that. They, that wasn't in yeah. the HBO version. Mm. No. But they had that in the uh, the director's cut. That's the only difference is that uh, Robin Williams feels bad for the old man, so he does have sex in the bodysuit. The old man doesn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, Pie face is another <laughs> classic. Oh, I always yeah. wanted to like do that, and my mom year. was never gonna let me do that. But mm-hmm. we had to do that at the office. Well, we didn't have to, um, but I remember we watching. Had the privilege. Yeah, the privilege of of guests mm-hmm. coming by and say, "Reenact this movie from 25 years ago," and you guys did it. It was Elise's idea. Yeah, <laughs> at least guests came by and Elise said, "You know what you guys should do? Reenact that scene for that movie from 25 <laughs> years ago." And they went, "Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who wants to throw out another one?" Oh, Night man. at the Museum trilogy. I've never oh, seen it. Convince no, me to. I know what you're thinking. I know Same. what you're thinking. Elise, what? And I'm, yes, these are definitely movies for kids that got Ben Stiller in them, but also Dick Van Dyke's in them, Mickey Rooney's in them. Um, Robin Williams plays one of the, the statues at the museum, one of the he wax figures that comes, that comes to life, plays Teddy Roosevelt. And it's an inspired Teddy Roosevelt. It's, yes. it's really fun. Um, it's, for me, it's tarnished by sadness now because he, all the accounts of him and his degenerative disease talk about when they were filming Night at the Museum 3, he just couldn't remember any of his lines. Uh, mm. Or he, in, in the way that they, the director and everyone talks about it, like he was just mm. a, a shell of himself making that movie. But it really, it really, I think they really are worth watching, especially for Robin Williams doing Teddy Roosevelt. I, I didn't know there were three fun. of them. I thought there was only two. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's three. Ben's, yeah, did go to the Louvre or whatever. <laughs> I remember when I was watching that film, 
And I, mm. I thought, wow, like a new kind of original. I feel like at the time it was a fresh original sort was, of comedy idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It was definitely new. All right. And Jumanji. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and Jumanji. And Jumanji. Jumanji. Jumanji's also, damn good. That movie, oh, yeah. I haven't seen mm-hmm. the new ones. I know you guys speak highly of them, but like Jumanji was They're great because okay. it's like, it's similar to Ms. Doubtfire. It's a, it's a kid's movie, you know, but it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah, a, I, I, I was terrified. Af- yeah, and it has some pretty early yeah. CGI and some pretty good special effects in there. But like, man, when that kid turns into a half monkey, holy crap! Like, I, every, yeah. everything in that well, movie is a nightmare. I love it. Powerful themes, but with the you know the him and his father mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part, right? He they 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 have the the weird the the whole thing happens and then everything gets resolved at the end and then they're kids. But then they get to live their lives again with the brains of adults knowing everything that they know. (laughs) (laughs) It is. That is the thing. I feel like that may be a Robin Williams thing where he was simultaneously a a actor for children and for adults, Mm -hmm. which means he was pretty excellent for those movies that needed to ride that line. There, I don't feel like there aren't many actors now who who go in between and are like one or the other. Ryan Reynolds, uh, I, like I guess The Rock is trying to be that The uh. Rock, but he doesn't even really do movies for adults as much. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's the most broad. It's like yeah. it's really strange to think about, but he had this like thing where all every child in the world knew Robin Williams, yeah, but also every adult in the world knew Robin Williams and. He was such had such a broad appeal, and I think that's because he he knew how to be silly and he knew how to be fun, but he knew that there had to be an yeah. earnestness behind well, it. Well, he and again, he's just a, like a creative comic genius, and the way that people will talk about him and when at Mork and Mindy tapings, the way he would entertain the studio audience mm-hmm. just on the fly is it, it just like sounds unreal. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. nobody does who nobody does that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like uh, there's certain entertainers like uh, like Conan O'Brien, you know, his whole thing of like, I can't stop. There are certain people who they're they're uncomfortable the minute they stop entertaining people. The minute no one's laughing or having a good time, they feel like they have failed. And that seems to be the, mm-hmm. sort of a common thread. Yeah. Well, speaking of I, I, I just segue this to we won't talk about it very much because I was only one on my list, but toys was on my list. Only played the game. That is another that is another nightmare film mm-hmm. that came out around the time when studio executives said, "Who cares? <laughs> Movies can be anything, even if they don't make a dollar." Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so the studio gave Barry Levinson a truckload of cash to make a movie about a guy who own who runs a toy factory um, and the political strife that comes with the succession of that owner's death and then ultimately leads to a war of new toys and old toys where children are being trained to fly VR drones and kill actual people out in war. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty heavy movie. Yeah, I've never seen Um, this. (laughs) It's a pretty heavy movie, has some really outstanding visuals, uh, very catchy soundtrack. Robin Williams is full on Robin Williams. Um, but, uh, it's, I don't know. It's great. I, I think about the production design of that movie a lot. And, and again, he basically is a child. Mm -hmm. He basically plays a child in that because he's such a stunted adult, but then he has to become a man by the end of it and understand what that means. So again, great themes. But as a kid, I watched it and was like, toys, yay, yippee, toys. And they were not afraid to show me that. I don't know, who has seen it? Has there, everyone except for Lindsay? Uh, seen not, it? not in a long time. Remember the underwater thing? He like f- he like falls down a pit no. into a thing with water, and there's a underwater monster there that they're like, it's gonna kill him. He's gonna kill him down there. Does it? It does not. But it's, there's, it's very scary. That's the movie where they're in a room, like <laughs> looking at something, and the room is shrinking around them. Right? Like, yeah. There's just yeah. They're weird. looking at shit. Yeah, they're, they're looking, looking at, at new <laughs> toy versions of shit. Yeah, and they're like talking about like, well, this one's chunky. The color's all wrong in this one, and the room is getting smaller because the other departments are expanding. Yeah, it's it's 
it's bonkers. It's bonkers, but I love it. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And then you can go, how did this get made? Man. That's it for toys. Okay. That's all I got. Um, yeah. Uh, Don't stop me, James. I, Don't stop me. Stop me, James. Stop me, stop James. Stop it, James. Godfire? <laughs> Talk about Hook. We're talking about Hook. Ah. Hook. Hook is my yeah. all-time favorite Robin Williams film. It's one of my favorite that. films. It's just, I, I watch it and I feel like my childhood, it's, I, it's fantasy mm-hmm. and I love it. And yeah. he's so it, good as Peter it's Pan. A, it's ahead of its time too. It is It is like kind of what they're yeah. doing these days with like the soft reboot of mm-hmm. like, what does Peter Pan look like later in life? Robin Williams mm-hmm. and he forgot his childhood. And uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Julia Roberts is there too. She's the nymph. Yes. Personally, yeah, I'm most partial to the tele- televised Peter Pan musical where Christopher Walken can't remember any of his lines. <laughs> he, don't, he can remember my, most of his lines. He's not the one. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> He's also the slowest. I don't. You sent me that video, and then I it ended up recommending several other videos <laughs> from that same musical. And there's a tap dancing sequence where he gives the least amount of shits I've ever seen about someone tap dancing. And I'm pretty sure it's just sound effects of tap dancing. Can't recommend it enough. Anyway. All right. So that's magical. Once this quarantine's over, I'm going to go up to Lindsay's face and I'm going to go, there you are, Lindsay. Oh my God. I do that to everyone. Whenever I have a revelation, that's something I just say (laughs) instinctively because it's burned into my brain. Oh, there you are, Peter. They're like, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, nothing. I just found this file I was looking for. I... I often cite Hook as one of the best examples of Steven Spielberg as as an auteur because he's made so much and so much of it is so amazing, but it's kind of hard to say why is Steven Spielberg so good? And I think it's because he's a master of tone. He's like a magician mm-hmm. of tone and he can, within the span of three minutes in Hook, take you from play bounce basketball off his face bunk, 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 and stupid bong noises and people skateboarding around mm-hmm. shooting sticky sticky paint uh, arrows on each other. Three minutes later that little kid is on his knees going there you are Peter and you feel like you're gonna weep. You I want to weep. A... I want to weep right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you James because I think Hook is a masterpiece and there are some other incredible performances in that movie. Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. uh, Dustin Hoffman hot take i don't think it's the best robin williams performance i think he's a really endearing peter panning and you you definitely want to see his transformation to to revisiting and regaining his childlike wonder and Mm -hmm. everything it's not like it's not robin williams fall like flying on all cylinders doing what robin williams does best though that's fair he's doing the opposite of it in a lot of cases he's he's the cynic yeah robin williams is like never the cynic he's always the the person who's drawing out the magic of the world around Mm -hmm. him in almost everything. I think, I mean, but it's, again, it's a testament to how great he is, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, this Hook is one of the few films where he's the cynic. Everyone around him is saying, be Robin Williams, and he's going, why would I want to do that? Mm. Hey, why would I want to do that? I'm trying to remember the plot. So it's, he he's Peter Pan. He's been taking Wendy and all the kids off to Neverland every once in a while. But no. then, no, 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 no. Remember, he. You're I, I, saying I, way back, way at the very, very beginning of lore. Yeah, but you're saying because yeah, okay. he's he was Peter Pan. He was, but then he something yeah. happened, right? He came back, and it was like Wendy had a kid, and he was like, "I'm well, gonna he marry that." He would return. He would return to to meet Wendy. They basically Wendy didn't live there, and he would come back every once in a while, which for him was like nothing. Mm-hmm. But time moves normal in our world, and so he came back, and she's like twelve, and she's like, "Yeah, let's go again." And came back when she's like fifteen, she's like, "Sure, this is awesome, let's go again." They probably boned, and then he came <laughs> back when she was like like twenty eight, and she was like, "I'm married, yeah, and I and I, I have I kids, can't, I can't go with you, and I have a kid now." And he's like, "Kid, you say?" But then he kept <laughs> yeah. coming back as as she was older, and then when she was old, she's like. I have grandkids now. Yeah. I have this granddaughter, Moira. Mm-hmm. So then Peter Panning, he marries, he falls in love with Moira when he sees her. So then he decides to stay with her in the real world. Okay. And then slowly in doing so, so forgets Wendy Neverland. Wendy adopts him, yeah. essentially. That's what it was. But then, okay. yeah, when you're away from Neverland for too long, you tend to mm-hmm. forget. Because like, when... Wendy became kind of this like 
this mother to all these lost children. It's like Toodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is one of them. She, she yeah. felt she her business became orphans or whatever. So then, but Good then business. it becomes it's a weird thing where <sighs> Peter Pan exists in in that world. People are aware of the story of Peter Pan. So he is Peter Pan, but they still put plays on because Wendy wrote the stories down thinking right. it was fiction. Yeah, and they all, eventually I think they all just no, Those stories it, are based on real Yeah, life. and they all think, I think, just thought it was an allegory for her saving these these lost children. Yeah, okay. But it was it was the truth. It's, it's the coming, best thing about that back. And his name is like Peter Banning or something in the way yeah, yeah. as an adult. Yeah. He changes yeah. his name. The best thing is that montage when we have Gwyneth Paltrow making her debut in film, thanks to Uncle Stephen. Um, it shows Peter Pan's POV basically coming to meet Wendy again and again. She's getting older. And when she turns around and she's Maggie Smith, he goes like this. Yeah, you recoil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always remember that. I thought that was funny. I'm old, Peter. Oh, let's watch Hook tonight. Yeah, maybe. I love, I mean, um, love Hook. Love Hook. You never not watch Hook. Have uh, to fly. Have to fight. Uh, have to I, watch Hook. I want to find I Maggie. Have talk. to find Jack. Jack. <laughs> it's, it seems like most of the other films that we have on here are more of his adult, you know, because yeah. uh, Robin Williams, he's he's a dram- dramaturg. He studied drama and with he uh, went to school. Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. He and Christopher Reeve were roommates back in college when they were studying drama. So he's he's a classically trained actor. And a lot of people tend to forget that because he's also a an or stand up. Um, and I want to talk about some of those films, but. Uh, before that, here is a word from our sponsor. 2020 has been the year of things happening completely out of your control. There are people in their apartments who haven't left in weeks or months, and their hair's getting long, and they're looking disheveled, and they're looking unkempt, but it doesn't have to be that way, especially below the belt. Manscaped is here to help. When was the last time you shaved your face? I know a lot of people are growing out their beards for their quarantine or whatever it may be. That's fine. But I'm here to ask you, when's the last time you shaved down there? Okay? It seems pretty overwhelming, but that's why Manscaped makes it so easy. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through your body image. There's nothing worse than walking around feeling whatever that is down there. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down below. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Uh, Say you live in a cave with a waterfall over the end, you could manscape there if you really, really wanted to. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. I know you didn't think you had to uh, deodorize or moisturize your balls, but it helps. It goes a long way. This will help you tame that summer swamp. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, uh, which is a toner for your testes. Uh, You know, I think everyone pictures them so wrinkly. They don't have to be. You could have smooth balls if you really wanted. If this sounds good to you, you should go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FILMHOUSE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FILMHOUSE20. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and shave that front trunk. What's a front trunk? It's like an elephant. Like an elephant's trunk or like a car trunk? Because an elephant's trunk is in the front. The car trunk's in the back. But an elephant's trunk looks a lot more like a... So, welcome back. Um, Yeah, we have a little bit of time left, Mm -hmm. and I want to make sure we talk about the kinds of things that, you know, the Oscar types of things that... uh... That Robin, I know Elise is looking at her honorable mention. She has Jack down there. Now, do you actually think that belongs on the list or are you just listing all of his films? I listed some notable <laughs> ones, the ones that people associate Robin Williams mm-hmm. with, too. Mm-hmm. I think Jack stands out because it is Robin Williams trying to make a really emotional point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
nine months. Nine months is one we should have talked about with silly Robin Williams because he's very silly. In the yeah, movie. The, the problem is the rest of the movie is just okay. He's yeah. being real dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> we didn't talk so, about so, the so, so, so we didn't talk about the birdcage at all. Or, I was just going to say yeah. the birdcage. Thank you. We don't have to talk about it long, but the birdcage is one of my top five favorite films. I love birdcage. I love the birdcage. I could watch it over and over again. I need to see. I need ever. to see that. I haven't seen it. So, oh, oh tonight, Lindsay. You I almost it put it on last night, amazing. but I got. To, I was like, I should watch this because I know it's going to come up on this list because everybody talks about how they love it. I should watch it. I got distracted. I didn't watch it. You, you I will, will thank yourself tonight. It, like it only has one flaw, and it's that the son is oh. a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds he's, sucks. he's an asshole. He's an, they we, could have done the same thing that he does in the movie by making, but doing it in a different way with a different person, probably. Yeah, but he's and the dick. son's motivations are supposed to be this catalyst that you accept for all this, but then as an adult, you go back and you're like, no, man, that's that's yeah. a dick. Um, a dick move. Also, in but a weird way, film. if I if I remember it correctly, Robin Williams is like no no pun here, but he's sort of the straight man of the movie. It's like it's sort mm-hmm. of the wackiness is happening around him. And you have he's dry in his he's comedy, dry. I guess he's dry, but but, yeah. He, yeah. but it's like yeah. He, I mean, he's he's playing his character, but then you have Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria around him, which are like it's two of their mm-hmm. best performances. They're, yeah, Agador Spartacus. They're they're very over the top mm-hmm. as composed to to Robin Williams, which is more subdued comedy, very dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Starina. Yeah, like Albert is. Um, the character played by Nathan Lane, and he's just like you know over the top, mm-hmm. very easy to frazzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very. He's a dramatic. feminine in a lot of ways. The, the, yeah. Movie, yeah. the movie's also shot like a play, which was interesting. Like it's it's mostly done in these long takes with these long wide shots. It's uh, I listened to Hank Azaria talk about how they shot that movie, and it was really interesting that they they rehearsed it mm-hmm. very similar to like a play or a musical, but it was mm-hmm. shot. It was you know it's a movie, but. Um, I'm excited mm-hmm. for you to watch it, Lindsay. Are you are you queuing it up right now? Yeah. Are you yeah. finding it on Voodoo? I'm watching or it. See, it's I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> all right, all right. See ya. <laughs> yeah, it has it has very long scenes. The the dinner scene toward mm-hmm. the end, and it's also f- set up really weird with them sitting in those chairs across from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's such a such a long scene. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a endlessly rewatchable movie. I, lo- I I absolutely love that film. I could watch it. Over and over and over again, um, but that I'd say is of his adult fare more fun loving. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone else have other? Because I feel like he has a lot of movies that are I adult, which are less fun loving. Yeah, I had a couple that that were still they were more like ironic comedy, like Death to Smoochie or World's Greatest Dad, mm-hmm. which are definitely darker, and it's him doing more adult situational comedy, mm-hmm. and there's an edge to it. It's not it's not all the way dark like in Insomnia or What Dreams May Come, which mm-hmm. are kind of like him doing the full serious thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What Dreams May Come, I put that on my list. It's the last one on my list. That was like one of the first films that I think I watched him in where I was like, this is Robin Williams? Like mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. film that um, I think my world religions teacher had actually suggested me to watch this film because uh, we were studying, you know, reincarnation. He's like, if you want to, like a concept of what that, like an example of that in artistic film, you know, you should watch this film. So I watched it and I was like, oh, wow, this is really sad and dark. And I was like, it was sort Mm -hmm. of like that equivalent of um, when I watched Jim Carrey in like Eternal Sunshine. I was like, whoa, what a total departure from everything I associate Robin Williams with. And I thought it was a really good Mm -hmm. film because it it was the first time. It was thought provoking for me as a teenager, you know? Yeah. It fits really into good. Elise's thing of what cosmic love or whatever and eternal love of things lasting forever between space and time. Love that transcends space and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except mm-hmm. you have to go into the afterlife where your kid says, hey, dad, I remember you liked Asian women. So this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> and I've ch- taken the form mm-hmm. of an old man because fuck it. Why not? That Yeah. Movie. Is it bad that I have a bigger emotional reaction when he sees the dog, though, oh, yeah. than the wife? That's for that for me would be like, no. Alice. Was the dog's name Alice? Um, that no, that the end where with his wife, where he kind of pours everything out mm-hmm. and is telling it's like heartbreaking. Just mm-hmm. Everyone dies in that movie. I know that's the a, point, a but thought film. Yeah. It does have some real fun moments of levity, like when he uh, Naruto runs. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> he's like, over there. She's on the field. Get over there as fast as you can. And he literally throws his arms behind his back and runs Naruto style. That's where they got it. They, everyone cites the, the uh-huh, weird yeah. nine, the movie from 1998 <laughs> that some people may have seen. They should call it the What Dreams May Run. <laughs> That's what they should call well, it. I got a name for the podcast. Robin mm-hmm. Williams is just a beautiful person. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Really, Flubber. Really. I see that on Adam's list. <laughs> Flubber. <laughs> Flubber, of course. That was like one of, the, I remember at one point that was like one of the only VHS tapes we had or something. And so I watched mm. Flubber a lot. It, it, I, it was a toss up between that or um, the Dr. Doolittle remake with Eddie Murphy. So I wasn't sure which one to put I, on. I watched Flubber because anytime that there was like a modern remake coming out, like a Flubber or a Sergeant Bilko, my, bro- oh, my brother, my grandfather, who I watched movies with, you know, weekly would always be like, okay, well, we have to go watch what the original movie of this was. Mm-hmm. So when Flubber was coming out, we watched the original Flubber. Mm-hmm. Same like like Sergeant Bilko. We went and we watched Nutty the Professor. entire. <laughs> yeah, no, we went. And we watched like the entire Sergeant Bilko TV series, mm. um, and like that sort of thing. But what did you uh, think of Mikhail's Navy? Did we see Mikhail's no, Navy? No I I don't no remember. But uh, but yeah, Flubber. I mean, also, it was a different time in my life where I was like just loving anything Robin Williams did. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. was like, "Yeah, Flubber." <laughs> I don't. I. I couldn't. I don't know what it's like if I watched it now. I don't know what my takeaway would be. I wish Flubber was Flubber. real. <laughs> I don't know that. I That's ever my takeaway. <laughs> I feel like Flubber came after. Like I was too old for whatever the next Disney movie, fun like movie, Flubber was be. come out. So I feel like I was too old for 97. Flubber when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was way too old. Yeah. I would. I would have been ten. I was, I was only eleven, was so I was still. Um. I don't know. His, yeah, he's, I'm, he's I'm not other in, movies. I was, I was gonna say the movie's not in a lot of, but it's definitely one of his most memorable. Is Goodwill Hunting. Like it's. Oh yeah. That's. For sure. I would argue, probably his best performance as a serious actor. Uh, it. The Academy Award for that. I, that he, he may have. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just such a, it's just like, he has such a great emotion. He, he plays it so real. Like you almost, you get very lost in that, that movie. That yeah. Movie went, he won best supporting. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Sorry. You get lost. You get lost in it, Adam. What were you going to say about getting lost in it? His performance. You get lost in it. He won best supporting actor. He won best supporting actor. <laughs> Goodwill hunting. Best actor, The Fisher King. Best actor, Dead Poets Society. Best actor, Good Morning. Oh, the, oh well, the nominees. Nominees for the other yeah. three. They, they gave him some yeah. shit for um, Good Morning Vietnam because he improved 99% of that movie, which I guess they uh, if they would have just not admitted s- that, he would have got it. Or, oh, no, they got Nick's Mo- for um, Best Screenwriting or something like that. Movies, movies we, like, we haven't even touched on, but obviously it's still Patch Adams that I used to, do, yeah. that used to come on a lot. I was in a a test class in high school, which was like almost a pre-med kind of test class that I signed up for. But the instructor was more a doctor and less of a teacher and was like, I'm going to show you Patch Adams. And so then she would just play Patch Adams like maybe once a month we would (laughs) watch Patch Adams. Um, That's teaching you bedside manner. It's teaching us bedside manner. So now I know that if there's ever something wrong with someone, I'm going to turn the chair or bed over and pretend that there's a war going on or something there are movies he did that i would have loved to have been in the casting call for where his agents telling him i got this script it's heartfelt Mm -hmm. there's so much depth to it it's called bicentennial man (laughs) and you play an automaton robot and you you get married Mm -hmm. the end isn't the whole thing you really want a penis (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're a robot and your main motivation here is you know how in mrs doubtfire yeah 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 mm-hmm. i was in mrs doubtfire uh you know how in that you just wanted to get your kids back you do anything to get your kids oh yeah i get my kids back of course i get my kids back and they and they go they go well in this one you you just want a dick you really want a penis so you want to do it oh son of the dotted line I don't think I've ever heard you do impressions uh, before. Pretty good. (laughs) And an an impression of Nixon signing the other one. It was a good, yeah, it's a good Um, I also had one hour photo. Uh, Not exactly the most fun movie to watch, but it was kind of a thing. He went through this phase where he he was like, 
All right. Dark. I gotta do. Dark I gotta get this Joker. Yeah. I gotta show him Joker ready. So I'm gonna go dark. Joker ready. And so he did one hour photo and insomnia, and like definitely took a darker turn. But it it kind of weirdly felt natural. Like I don't know what it is about growing up with because these I th- cartoon characters. I think like very funny people also have very dark sides too. Mm-hmm. Oh not, boy, what did you say about me? Not you. Oh. Not you. He, he also <laughs> introduced a, a, a huge group of children to Evangelion because in one hour photo, a child buys an Evangelion toy and he goes, ooh, Evangelion, pretty cool. Hey, you should buy that. Because he was into the series. <laughs> He's also, yeah, he was a big nerd. That's yeah. yeah. Thing Named too. his kid Zelda? He, Come on. I mean, when yeah. you think about the person Robin Williams was, by the way people described him, I mean, he was someone that struggled with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. He uh, was someone that I think Martin Short describes Robin Williams coming to stay with him and how sometimes like Robin Williams would go into these depression depressions mm-hmm. and stuff and he wouldn't, you know, hear from him. Like, I, I, I think like we, you know, when, when we were kids and you would see Robin Williams doing these darker roles, you'd think you'd take, be taken aback a second and think, what? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, he's this funny guy. He's he should be, you know, it's kind of Jim Carrey syndrome. He should be doing, but then it's like, no, I think people have their own their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking sure. at this list, I gotta say, it's like a span of most of them are in within ten years. That's a lot to pack in in ten years. All those well, really we great weren't even. Films. Yeah, we didn't even include like the Dead Poets Societies, the Good Morning Vietnam's, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, some of the earlier career stuff too. The, the adult films he was. Targeting the specifically adult films that he was targeting around the time we were growing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's he's fantastic, and uh, he has been missed for sure. Uh, and uh, but I think he's done more than enough to be remembered for as long as movies are movies, and and he left such a indelible mark. I think on an entire generation, if not several generations. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's wonderful. Now I really want to watch Hook. I know. <laughs> and Birdcage. This is Doubtfire. I'm going to watch Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> the Boo Box. Did you know Phil no, Collins no, of Genesis is in the movie box. Hook? Oh, yeah. Everybody's in Hook. Glenn Close is in it. Hook was the original Hook. Star Wars where Hook. you were just, if you were a prince, you were trying to get on Hook. That's did, what you want. You guys see Phil Collins back at the top of the charts? Doing what? Is it because it's because people were listening to Phil these, Collins these on TikTok? Two young twins <laughs> that do reaction videos. They were listening I'm to re-downloading to, TikTok. Uh, in the air tonight. Mm-hmm. And they like flipped out when they heard the drop three minutes in. And they were like, What? Who does mm-hmm. this? Oh. Nobody does this. <laughs> and uh, and so like Phil Collins now is like back at the top of the charts with Where he belongs. Where he belongs. Uh, where he belongs. He'll be in our heart. Mm-hmm. He'll be in our heart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tarzan. Yeah, yeah starting yep, Robin Williams. It. Anyway, thank you all <laughs> so much for joining us. Uh, tell us down in the comments your favorite Robin Williams film. Uh, maybe tell us why, what it means to you. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope you stick around. These are really fun. I always like the ones where we just kind of chill and chat about things that we enjoy without having to chase a headline or worry too much about tell it. Tell me in the comments your favorite sequence from Mrs. Dalfire. Top mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try top. Good luck. Yeah, is it is it the scene where he's getting railed by the bus driver? I like that. <laughs> it wasn't, a, but I don't think he was he a driver. Was he the no. bus driver or just another I don't man? Know. Yeah, because he, 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 he goes, he goes. By the way, was. I'm a I'm a father pretending to be a babysitter. He goes, don't mind, like him just like that. And he went, okay. That's not what happens and in he, the movie. He held that's his head down and just <laughs> went. To no, that's not what happens in the movie. What? What's happening? Were you crowing? Yeah, it's it's okay. Okay. Hook. It's Peter Pan. All right. Well, let us down. Let us know down in the (laughs) crowments. And until then, we'll see you next time on Filmhouse. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye.